Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, uh, wherever you may be in the world, and welcome to the Holistic Leadership Podcast, where we talk about everything leadership, um, specifically in healthcare, um, but really, uh, generally, leadership topics um, that, that we're dealing with as leaders holistically. So I am one of your hosts. My name is Dr. Travis Hearn, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Roche. And with this, our very first podcast, we wanted to, we just want to get to know y'all. Um, we want y'all to get to know us, um, build up some trust. So I'll pass it first over to Jeffrey just to give a little bit of an introduction to him, what he does and what he's all about. So over to you, Jeffrey. Thanks, Travis. And, and uh, you know, such a, a privilege to be here with you, Travis. And we're really excited uh, to talk about such an important topic, but, but also a topic that we know is affecting every single industry. And so even when we give specific examples, whether it's from healthcare, education, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it through the lens as if it's through every industry. And so um, I'm a heart leader, and I always tell people I'm the son of a nurse. And so uh, my background uh, by by profession started actually in hospital administration, uh, where I had the privilege to be mentored, coached, empowered uh, by a nurse CEO. Uh, and I tell people all the time that was the first heart leader I experienced. I call her the Mother Teresa uh, of healthcare, uh, which she often would say, "Please stop." Uh, but I always do. And so if she's when she's listening one day, I hope she hears me say it again. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that I've spent, uh, you know, now about 15 plus years in both healthcare, higher education, all at the intersection of uh, workforce development, innovation, transformation, um, and really have leaned in in the last several years to really focus on leadership. Um, because I would say healthcare by itself, education by itself is really at a crisis point of where we sit with leadership. So that's just a little bit about me. Back to you, Travis. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I'm like, it's, I'm blown away at your background, Jeffrey, and to be able to get to do this with you is fantastic. Um, just because I know the kind of leader you are, um, you are a leader to be followed. And that's, that's hard to say in, in our world today. So um, a little bit about, uh, about me, I spent nine years in the Marine Corps. So from 2006 to almost 2016, I was in the Marine Corps, I uh, did some deployments back and forth in Iraq and Afghanistan and really got a taste for what leadership really can be and what it shouldn't be. So throughout those deployments in my time in the Marine Corps, I just kind of sat back and I studied leadership and I led teams, smaller teams to Iraq and Afghanistan and, and back at home. Um, and then after the Marine Corps, I transitioned into, uh, into the intelligence community. So I worked for the intelligence community for a little while. I ran the gamut of teams from counter narcotics to counter cartel work to uh, counter cyber for Russia and China. So I, I countered the counter, uh, whatever could be countered, I countered it. Um, and then I really continued my study of leadership um, academically and uh, in leading these teams, um, finished up my doctorate in organizational change and leadership from USC, fight on, and just continue to dive into theory and, 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 and leadership theory and organizational change theory, how things worked and continue to, to drive my, my fire and to stoke my fire for what leadership should be. And I just, uh, I, I love what it is and I will love what it will love what it can be. So I run a consulting and coaching firm called Titanium Leadership um, Consulting and Coaching, where I work with senior executives um, and I coach them on leadership techniques and I work with them through organizational change. I'm also a cyber guy. So I also work with executives on, um, on a lot of uh, digital transformation and protecting networks. Um, so love doing that. Uh, the, the, the pandemic um, really forced a lot of people into what we this new hybrid and remote work world, and I found that I, I, I that the leaders were ill-equipped to be able to handle leading teams through a computer screen, through a phone. 
So I wrote a book recently called a hybrid. It's a, a guide to successfully leading hybrid and remote teams. So I just love research. I love the, I love, I love leadership. If you haven't, <laughs> if I haven't said that enough, I really, really like leadership. And I think it's a, it's, it's a solution to a lot of our problems. And throughout this podcast, we are going to discuss deep issues in leadership. So if you haven't got picked up the point, I really love leadership. I love helping leaders to lead teams in a better and more holistic way. Um, so what you're going to get out of this podcast is you're going to get actual leadership tools to be able to go back and help you and your teams lead in a better way. You're going to get some organizational tips on how to, on how to better structure. Um, uh, Jeffrey and I are going to dive into the gamut of so many different things. So please just sub subscribe and tune in because you're not going to want to miss what we have to say. And we're going to have some just fantastic world renowned guests on our, on, on this channel that you are not going to want to miss. Um, so with that, I'm going to toss a softball over to Jeffrey and I'm going to ask him a question. And the question is, Jeffrey, what do you see as the largest leadership challenge in healthcare? Yeah. You know, uh, obviously there's many, uh, because we're, we're dealing with, uh, you know, a workforce crisis that's truly unimaginable. Uh, in healthcare, that's impacting every position, uh, whether clinical or non-clinical. But if I had to say the biggest issue, particularly in the workplace right now in healthcare, it would be mental health, uh, which is not uncommon across other workplaces. But from a leadership perspective, it would really be the fact that we have a lot of leaders in healthcare who have never been trained to actually be a leader. Uh, they've learned positions just because of promotions. Um, but have never been trained. And so that has led us to have a lot of challenges around people. Um, and the other point I would highlight is we also are at a time where we're, we're seeing a lot of leaders leave without very little to no succession planning. Um, and so not only are we at a, pl a place where we don't have leadership training in the way that we really need, we're not training them the right way. We also don't actually have really robust succession planning. So we're really at what I call a crisis of leadership and healthcare, because we are just at a point in time where you're seeing people leave in droves, uh, leave very early, retire early, and uh, there's really very little people to replace them. And let me say the final point I would make, and, and you and I have talked about this uh, before, Travis, is we've got a lot of generations in the workplace, and we really don't know how to work with them all. And we haven't figured out a way of celebrating all the uniqueness that each and every one of them brings into the workplace. And so um, I'm sure we're going to delve into that further because from a leadership perspective, there's a lot to be said. I know you're more of an elder millennial. Uh, I'm a little bit on the younger side, and so, uh, but I'm still a millennial. And so we're going to delve into those topics too because I even heard it today. You know, the younger generations talk in a different way. They communicate in a different way. And I will say from a leadership perspective, it's not for us to tell them how to act. It's for us to empower and encourage and support them so that they can be who they need to be. And so I think oftentimes we as leaders want to tell people, no, follow us. And that's not leadership. And so I think we'll talk further about that as well. Yeah. And you talk that you pick up so many great points, that generational gap that there is. We have we have the kind of the older generation who is trying to, to, to do their best in leadership. And you have a new generation in the workforce coming in that really wants different things. Um, it's the reason I wrote that book is because like there's so many different wants and needs um, of the workplace that were not there a couple years ago. So that's such a huge topic. And, and Jeffrey, you also mentioned the mental health with leadership. I can just, I resonate with that in a big way because I've worked with several CEOs that are just, their main thing is that they're, they're lonely. Leadership is lonely. It's lonely at the top. 
So what have you seen that are some really great ways to, to, to decrease that loneliness at, at those kind of executive levels? What are some of the things that you've done? You're an executive leader yourself. Like what are some of the things that you've done to be able to bring a group around you, to be able to have that support at those high levels? Yeah. You know, I think the first thing a leader has to do is acknowledge that I don't, I personally feel every leader deals with some element of mental health at some point in their career. And I think if a leader can acknowledge that, there's so much that they can do to really build trust and rapport with everyone. Um, so when I present on you know, these issues, one of the first things I say is I've dealt with this myself. And you know, when I look back at what made a difference, it was coming out and being vulnerable so that other people could relate authentic, you know, with authenticity, though. You can't just do it because, oh, you want to try to relate. You have to do it authentically and you have to do it in a manner that's going to really build that authentic, uh, radical relationship with them. But then once you've done that, you really have to build that community or build that tribe. Um, and that's really important, you know, when you think about it. And so uh, for me as a leader, when I've served on other leadership teams, um, the first thing I've always said is we have to ask everyone, how are you doing in the workplace today? Every leader should be going around and asking people how they're doing. And I don't think we do that enough. In healthcare, we round. Uh, and, and what's interesting about that is we will round and we'll ask how things are going. But are we intentionally going out about in that work and saying to a, a clinician or a non-clinician, how are you doing? How are things going? And the reality of it is, is that if we do that, that's what I've seen in my experience has made all the difference. Now, I'm the type of person that if you're in a room with me or you're with me, you could tell how I am by, by just my facial, my facial expressions. Not everyone is like that. Some people are very different. And so as a leader, we've got to be able to figure out uh, how you do that. Now, obviously, I'm curious from your perspective because you served in the Marines. So obviously, thank you for your service. Um, but you serve with people who don't generally show their feelings. And so I'm my curious from your perspective, what, what has that been like, especially in counterintelligence, et cetera? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an interesting world um, that I came from. It was a very, very much mission accomplishment first, individual consideration last and not last. Uh, we do. I mean, we, we tried to take care of our people as much as we could, but it was really this focus on mission accomplishment and doing everything you could to accomplish a mission, um, which in, mili in, in the military and combat, that's necessary. Uh, a lot of the times. But then as I've transitioned into kind of this civilian leadership role, it's just a different world. People that uh, military members often find it very difficult to be able to show who they are, to show their emotion, to really detach some of those negative emotions or some of those negative habits that we picked up that, that, that did us very, that, that did us a very good service in the, in the military. They don't necessarily serve us in the civilian sector and the, in the, in the, in the leadership roles. Um, so what I've had to do is unlearn quite a bit of, uh, of, hmm. of, of, of terminology of, of technique of, of leadership style to really peel back the onion on like, you know, who is, who, who am I as an actual leader? Who, who, who is Travis Hearn? Not who is staff sergeant. Travis Hearn, but who is Travis Hearn and who is like, how does he lead? What does he believe in? How does he care for people? How is he, how does he like to be cared for? So how I have kind of unpacked that is, you know, through, through the studies that, I, that, that I've been able to do, um, I've really globbed on to transformational leadership. I love that. It's a theory, but it, at the end of the day, it's about transforming yourself and in turn your team and in turn your organization. So, but at the core of it, it's, and it hits on something you said, Jeffrey, is individual consideration. 
if you are going to lead teams well, and I, I talk to this about with, with military, with military, senior military officers all the time. And I'm like, if you're going to lead your team well towards mission accomplishment, you have to lead yourself well. You have to take care of yourself. You have to individually consider what you need as a leader, whether that's mental health days, which I highly encourage, whether that is, you know, just time off, exercise, figure out what, what, how you refill and recharge. And then make sure your team is doing the same thing. Because if they are refilling and they are recharging and they are energized and motivated and you're individually considering how they do that, then your team is that the culture of your team is going to just be outrageously trusting. It's going to be, um, it's just going to be amazing. And you're going to accomplish things that you never thought you would have before. So coming from the military, Jeffrey, you're right. We, that we, it was, it was, emotion was, was, was very thin. It was showing emotion was, was not necessarily uh, promoted. Um, but what I've found afterwards is that like, it's, it, you have to do it. You have to be able to, in an, in a, in an emotionally intelligent and EQ way, show your emotion, know how to use it and know how it impacts others as well as show empathy towards other people's emotions and be able to, 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 to dive into what they need and dive into how they, how they need it. So it's, it's really about knowing yourself and knowing your team and knowing how, how those work. So, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of research now on toxic leadership. And, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll delve into this, uh, because, uh, particularly in education, healthcare, but all industries, there's a lot of toxic leaders. But I'm curious from your perspective, you know, how does someone, how does someone get into a leadership role when they're toxic? Because there's something about them, uh, you know, and, and, and I think when, when you, when, for all of our listeners out there who, you know, let me just say, I've experienced a toxic leader uh, myself, I'm sure you have Travis too. Um, It's not easy. And, uh, you know, what you go through mentally uh, you know, through that type of a journey with a toxic leader can be extremely impactful, not on just one's health, um, but certainly on your professional uh, career. And so many people leave certain positions, leave certain industries just on that issue alone. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, because it's it's uh, it's definitely something that's pretty rampant these days. Yeah, Jeffrey, that's ama- that's an amazing point, because what I've found is with toxic leaders, <clears throat> they're kind of like chameleons. They will, they will, they will, they, they, they will interview well. They will step and say all the right things just to get into that leadership position. And then it kind of all falls apart. It's, it's, it's very self-centered. It's very, it's, it's a very me first mentality as far as leadership is concerned. Um, and unfortunately the, like you said earlier, Jeffrey, the training for leaders is just not there. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's just not available. It's not, it's not to the to the point where, uh, you know, a leader gets into a leadership position, even, even at the C-suite level, yeah. leaders are, 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 are nominated into these positions or they're, they're hired into these positions. And then it's kind of like, okay, run the organization or run this directorate or run this team. And it's, it's, it's hard for leaders because they step into that position, having leadership experience, but not having a core foundation of the next level of leadership. This is what this next level of leadership is going to look like. It's how, how much are you in the weeds with your team? How much are you delegating? How much it's, it's, it, there's a whole dynamic to what actually has to happen as you move up a leadership chain. And it, from what I have found is, the, is there have been toxic leaders that have, have made it to that, that senior level, but a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. a lot of them will weed themselves out and a lot of them will and because like is and 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 I'm not saying that I am a perfect leader by any chain, by any stretch of the imagination. I show toxic leadership traits at times too, but it's also what reverses that. It's about recognizing what those are and catching yourself in those and taking a step back and be like, okay, I made a mistake. It's like what I tell, I tell my boys. I got, I got a six, eight and a 10 year old. They're all boys. So you, sometimes you have to apologize. Sometimes you have to, oh, I'm sorry for, and what can I do to make it better? And I will say that even in leadership, those are very, very important concepts that will really change the day around and change, change. We talked about mental health as well, change the mental health atmosphere uh, on your teams and in really everything you do. So yeah, toxic leaders, they make their way in there. They do. Um, And it is really about self recognition at that point of like, Hey, this, this is, I'm, I'm, experience some, some toxic leadership feelings around you and being, being able to, to verbalize those and to understand that the, if you are exuding those. So it's really about self-realization and individual consideration of self as well. So, yeah. And for you, you've been in, in the healthcare industry for a while and you talked about toxic leadership. What does that look like? What are some of the things that can snap a leader out of that toxic mindset? Yeah. You know, you'll always hear me say, that if there's one opportunity in healthcare that needs a lot of look is at the board level Uh, because ultimately the boards hire you know fire hold accountable the ceo and obviously the ceo holds accountable the rest of the c-suite um but you know i mean healthcare is such an interesting industry because you've got clinicians and you've got you know individuals that are doing finance and revenue control and but the reality of it is is that healthcare historically you know if you look at just comparatively across other industries. Healthcare was one of the slowest and latest to get a chief learning officer. Um, and so, yeah, we've had, you know, leaders of organizational development, but they've usually been at a director level. They've usually reported into human resources and they haven't necessarily been in a C-suite position where they can truly transform to your earlier point about transformation, the leading, uh, not just the leadership culture, but also the learning and development culture. And so, and from my vantage point, I think one of the opportunities healthcare has is that we've got to truly invest in, in, in human-centered aspects of leadership. But we also have to help people understand that leadership isn't title. Leadership isn't position. Leadership is if I'm walking the yeah. halls of a healthcare setting and I see a patient who needs the wayfinding help, I'm going to help them find that way. That's leadership. And so I think in healthcare, we've been very position-focused. In fact, you'll hear me talk about this all the time. If you ask many nurses, many nurses will respond to you and say, I'm not a leader. I don't have a title. But I'll dig into dig into that conversation with them and I'll say, well, oh, if you're not leading patient safety, you're not leading patient experience, you're not doing transformational work around quality. And they are. But again, in our culture in healthcare, um, we have historically made it very much, oh, if you don't have that leadership title, mm, no, you're not part of that. And so we have a lot of work to do in healthcare to truly build community. And I think if we authentically build community, help people understand that uh, we all are leaders, everyone leads in some way, you may have different aspects of responsibility. And, and, and let's also be honest, that means responsibility also means you have to have trust. And I think a lot of leaders don't necessarily have that. And uh, why I brought up boards is that if you look at employee engagement surveys after employee engagement surveys, if you look at culture uh, evaluations in healthcare, 
healthcare is an industry that has historically had a lot of toxicity uh, among leaders. And those same leaders, to your point, will just leave one and go to the next. And it may eventually creep up. But healthcare is a place where you can hide a lot of things just because of the nature of, of, of the complexity. And um, we're losing a lot of really good people and a lot of phenomenal organizations on this very issue of leadership. Um, and I know we're losing in other industries too, but I think particularly in an industry where we've got to have people to take care of people, we have a lot of work to do to really invest in it. Yeah. So these kind of conversations are going to be happening between Jeffrey and I, as well as some very, very special guests moving forward. I want to encourage you to let us know what you think. We want your feedback. We want to hear uh, your thoughts on leadership, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in other industries. And we want to have a dialogue. Uh, we want this to be a dialogue. We want to hear your thoughts. So um, tune in next time. We'll have a very special guest on the horn for you. And um, let's just continue to lead our teams well and lead ourselves well. We'll talk to you soon. 